This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, all three of our readings for this fifth Sunday of Easter have to do with the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Though the connection might not be obvious to uh, us 21st century readers, as I've said to you many times before, the temple was the central religious symbol and place for first century Jews. It was, in practically a literal sense, the dwelling place of the God of Israel and the focal point of all of Jewish life. It was, if I can put it this way, the privileged trysting place between divinity and humanity. The temple was where God and human beings met. Now, with this in mind, let's listen for some powerful echoes of the temple in all three of our readings. At the end of our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, and of course, we're reading from that wonderful text all during the Easter season, we hear that a number of disciples in Jerusalem was increasing exponentially. And then we hear this, quote, Even a large group of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. It's a very important thing here. The priests, of course, were the key officials in the temple those who presided over the sacrifices, which were the whole raison d'etre of the temple. The priests, therefore, were the privileged mediators between Yahweh and his holy people. What had become eminently clear to the first Christians, and you can see it really throughout the New Testament, was that Jesus himself is now the new mediator, and hence the new temple. So again, as we've seen, Jesus saying about himself, you have a greater than the temple here. People came to him now for instruction, for healing, for forgiveness, the things you sought in the temple. Jesus in his own person was now the trysting place between divinity and humanity. Now, keep going with this interesting logic. His people, therefore, his mystical body, as Paul calls them, were themselves, therefore, an extension of the temple. See how the logic goes. Christ himself in person is the temple, but now his church, which is not just a collectivity of like-minded people, but is his very mystical body, the church itself now becomes the temple. Hence, the arrival of so many priests, temple priests, into the discipline of the church signaled to them that the church was becoming a priestly people. Now, all this is much more than just of historical interest. It's of very great importance to us because it tells us what our basic vocation is. Listen now. All baptized, listen to me, 
all members of Christ's mystical body. We must now be the trysting places between divinity and humanity. We are a new temple. Our very praise of God, the very integrity of our lives, ought to be a sign of hope and a place of refuge for everybody around us. Friends, I, I can't stress this enough, that for Christians, the spiritual life is not primarily about, well, how I'm going to benefit, how I grow in spiritual wisdom and closeness. I mean, that's all fine. But see, it's always for a missionary purpose. My growing in closest to Christ is great in the measure that it allows me to become more and more a trysting place between divinity and humanity for others. The temple didn't exist for itself. It existed for the sake of Israel. In a very similar way, you, members of the church, don't exist for yourself. You exist for the world. Okay. Now, listen as St. Peter, in our second reading, emphasizes the very same theme. Come to him, Christ, he means. A living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. Jesus is being presented here in Peter's beautiful image as the cornerstone of the temple. He's not just talking about any old cornerstone. The cornerstone of the temple, the foundation rock of the holy place. Rejected, how? Well, in his crucifixion by the leaders of the people, by the Romans, by his own disciples, rejected, but nevertheless approved by God. See, here's the main point. Fitted just right as the foundation of a new edifice. That's the logic behind the image. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, rejected, but now approved by God. And what is this new edifice? Well, Peter could not be any clearer. Listen as he speaks. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices. House, priesthood, sacrifice. Well, no first century Jew would have missed. That's all temple talk, isn't it? We find the same point being made here as in the Acts of the Apostles. The Church of Jesus Christ, it's all of you baptized, listen to me, grounded in the Messiah, all of you are now the new temple, the place of right praise, the place of healing, the place of instruction. How wonderful that Peter calls us living stones. So we're a building, right? But we're not just a building drably and dumbly sitting there. We're living stones making up a new temple. And from this follows what I think is one of the most beautiful and lyrical passages in the entire New Testament. Listen now as Peter speaks. You are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. Well, he's speaking to all of us baptized. We've all been chosen. It's very important, that whole theme of election in the Bible. 
Our God is an electing God, a choosing God. He elects a number of these key players up and down salvation history. He chooses Abraham, Isaac, chooses Jacob, chooses Joseph, chooses Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, Solomon, etc., etc. Well, th- the same thing continues here. You are a chosen race. You baptized members of Christ. You living stones. You are a royal priesthood. Wow, that packs a punch, doesn't it? Royal, so you're of David. You're kingly. You're also a priesthood. That means you're temple people. You're a holy nation. Holy in in the Hebrew always means set apart. So you set apart from the run of, of the mill, the run of ordinary things. You're a people of his own. So just as Mount Zion was chosen as the place of the temple, so now we've been chosen. We've been ordained, if you want, just like temple priests. We have been designated as Yahweh's own, just as the temple was his preferred dwelling place. Now his preferred dwelling place is the mystical body of Jesus. Now again, before we get all puffed up, remember what I just said. The temple existed not for itself, but for the world. Our priesthood is not for us, but for those who will come to the Lord through our priesthood. As we saw, people came to the temple to have their sins forgiven, to have their bodies healed, and to receive instruction. Now they come to the church for the same things. You know, personalize it for a second. So you don't just make it, oh yeah, the church takes care of that. Well, you're a member of the church. You're a living stone in this temple. Do you give good instruction to people when they're seeking to know the will and way of God? Can you, as St. Peter himself said, give a reason for the hope that's in you? Can you instruct people well in the spiritual life? Are you a source of healing? Now, there are people, I think, in the mystical body who have the gift of physical healing. There is that, but it's rare. There's all kinds of other types of healing, though, aren't there? Psychological healing and, and spiritual healing, healing of, of relationship, healing of broken friendships, etc. Do people find healing in you? They're meant to, because you've been chosen as a temple. So ask yourself, look around. Who right now in your life needs healing? Who right now needs instruction in the faith? Who right now is perhaps struggling with his or her sin? Well, they come quite rightly to us, the temple of living stones, in order to find peace. Now, we finally turn to the gospel and we find a very similar motif. Jesus tells his frightened disciples, In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. What's the Father's house but the holy temple in Jerusalem? The temple in Jerusalem was seen as corresponding to the perfect temple in heaven, the place of utterly right praise, the place where God and creation are perfectly reconciled. The movements and gestures of the priests in the temple here below were appreciated as echoing those of the saints and angels in heaven. 
something very similar we find at the close of the book of Revelation. We hear about the heavenly Jerusalem, this heavenly temple, descending to earth. It's the great moment when, as Jesus would have said, God's kingdom is established on earth as in heaven. The whole world becoming a temple, a place of right praise. So, the temple of the church here on earth, which I've been talking about, corresponds to, is an echo of, a sign of, the perfect temple in heaven. We signal this fact, by the way, at every Mass, when we say, may our voices be one with theirs. Remember at the Holy, Holy Prayer. That means, may our voices, singing and praying here below, be in harmony with the voices of the angels. More to it, Vatican II said the church building should be filled with, quote, signs and symbols of heavenly realities. Our praise on earth calls out to the perfect praise of heaven. It's very interesting again. Go back to Jesus' words then. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I'm going to prepare a place for you. See, now the temple of the church, made up of living stones, doing its work here on earth, is but an anticipation of the fulfillment of that temple in heaven, which is the place of perfect love, perfect communion, perfect praise. And so everybody on this fifth Sunday of Easter, meditate on that temple in Jerusalem which has morphed, if you want, into the temple of the church, which in turn anticipates this great heavenly temple. Stay with that image today, and may God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love.